Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Can you hear me now? Hey, it works! Alright, cool. Okay, sorry. I don't know about you guys, but do you ever notice that I always get to preach on the day after some missionary comes, or someone shares a testimony, and I wonder, how do you follow that? Do you remember when that guy from South America came and he told us a story about he could have died because the, that was my Sunday? Do you remember the Sunday when little Emily came up here and shared about her story? That, that was my Sunday. <laughs> and not this. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> so, man. Interesting. Uh, if you want to open your Bibles to James, chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. <clears throat> it reads this way. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother judges him, speaks against the law, and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in on judgment, sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Have you ever heard these words or even spoken these words? Who are you to judge me? Or, the more powerful one is, who made you God? Have you ever heard those words or spoken those words? I I would imagine that most, if not all of us, have in some way, shape, or form been in some conversation that's been like that. Now, realistically, there's a lot of things that we judge others about. Uh, How many of you are homeschool parents? Okay, I'm judging you. No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm not judging you. But if you were at some of the homeschool conferences that we had been to, you'd have been judged. Why? Because how can you not take your parental responsibilities seriously and teach your own kids? Why send them to public school and expose them to the world of trouble? And so when we went to these conferences, there was a lot of judgment going on. Now, mind you, some people look at homeschoolers, and what do we think about homeschoolers? <laughs> Freaks, right? Because, you know, they're all in their little cloister, and they're together. And so there's a lot of judging that goes on. Let's get a little personal. And don't raise your hands on this one, but uh, how many of you are full-time working moms? Ever been judged on that one? Or stay-at-home moms? What do you do all day? Right? Wow. But it happens, right? A lot of judgment goes on. Um, there's, there's, there's so many things that we judge each other. Uh, so if someone falls asleep during the sermon, even today it's a possibility, immediately what are we going to do? We're going to judge them, right? Because you fell asleep while listening to someone preach. But my question would be this. Why should we judge them? Maybe they pulled an all-nighter because that's how they work and it was difficult and they fell asleep. Or maybe I was boring. Why should we judge them? Do you know what I'm saying? There are so many things. This person doesn't pray long enough. They don't know this many verses. They're not good theologically. 
look at the way they raised their kids. Parents, have you ever been judged as a parent in how you have raised your children? And how frightening it is to have your child melt down in the grocery store, or even worse, at church, and everybody looks and wonders, what kind of parent are you to have a kid like that? So there's a lot of judging that actually goes on. And let's be honest, if we're really, really honest, and I'll be honest with you, I judge almost all day long. I'm making some form of judgment. When I drive and uh, I see someone who is slow, my first judgment is grandmother. <laughs> or grandfather, right? Someone who's driving a little erratically and makes a really bad move, Asian woman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you're judging me. Half of you just judged me. <laughs> right? It, it happens. It happens a lot. Now, it's not fair because to be honest with you, if you're like me when you're driving and you make a mistake and somebody honks at you, what do you say? You judge them because they're impatient. Give me a little grace. Give me a little space to make my mistake. But if someone makes that same mistake, in my mind, I'm judging because I can't say it out loud or honking a horn or what have you. So judging people is a reality. It happens. But let's see what James says about judging. He says brothers, because he's speaking to the church. And and what he's going to do here is he's going to raise a problem that's happening, and then he's going to give a solution and the reasons why this solution is the best solution. The, The context here, brothers, do not slander one another, is... The idea of he's been talking about the disagreements that are going on in the church, the fights, the quarrels, the envy, the jealousy, all of those things that are going on. And he's gone to a point where he says, that's all about pride. So humble yourselves. And then he's going to give what I think is a specific example of how it is that we can have pride and miss the point of the humility that James is telling us to have. Now, mind you, we can get to heaven and God will say, or James will say, you know what, you misunderstood me. But I I really think that in the midst of pride and being humble in our relationships, one of the ways that we can really be proud is by the way we talk to people. So here's the problem. He says this, brothers, do not slander one another. And there's a whole bunch of meanings. Every commentary I read, somebody had a different meaning for what it meant. But I'm just going to summarize it this way. In some way, shape, or form, there's a problem in this church. And the problem is pretty simple, that in some way, shape, or form, people are talking down to other people. Whether it's on the side, like we gather in a prayer meeting and we say, hey, let's pray for so-and-so because so-and-so is having this issue and, and let's not share it outside the room, but just only share it here and we'll pray for them. Or someone who actually goes up to someone and says, this is what I see that you're doing and it's wrong and they're judging them. So this problem is, is in their midst And the problem, at least as I see it to James, is not just the fact that they're judging, but their attitude that is behind it. So he offers these solutions. He says, listen, brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Well, here's his solution. First of all, he says, it basically, it's a command. Stop. Stop doing it. He doesn't say the word stop, but he says stop doing it. And the reason you should stop doing it is because when you do it, you are not expressing love. You're expressing pride. 
You, you suddenly said, you know what, I am, the law says I should love you like I love myself, but how many of us really go around talking about our own faults like it's a bad thing, right? Do we ever go around and saying, you know what, I'm a real jerk, I want everyone to know that I'm a real jerk, and uh, here are the jerk things that I do, can you please pray for me? Not many of us do that, right? We, we kind of sort of, we kind of uh, mild it a little bit. Um, I was a little rude to my wife today. Not, you know what, but somebody else could say, you know, I was watching you, you're a real jerk. No, 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 I was a little rude, right? That's how we would want us to be approached, but it's not how we approach people. So what he's saying here is when you're not following out this law of love, this law, you stand in, in judgment of it. You've placed yourself above the law. Now, is, uh, how many of our officer friendlies are here today? Is, Don's not here, right? I don't see Don. Okay, good. And uh, is Howie here? Oh, Mike's here. Oh, 150. Okay. It's like this, and I love police officers. Do you ever get angry when Officer Friendly flips on his lights so that he can get a green light? Does that ever bother you? Does it ever bother you that you're at a red light and you're sitting there and suddenly the Officer Friendly just drives through the red light like it's no big deal? Why? Because they have set themselves above the law. Now, Mike never does that, right? Not on Sundays, <laughs> at least. But they set themselves up above the law and they say, you know what, it's a red light, but you know what, I don't have to stop. I am the law. Or I am above the law and I can do this. And it frustrates us. How many of your parents have a law of love in your house that you are not supposed to say, shut up? Raise your hands. We have it in our home. We tell our kids, you're not supposed to say, shut up. But I promise you, when I get really angry and they get mad at me, I say, shut up. But I'm the parent, so I can do that, right? Is that not true? The parents are, are not um, subject to the law. We are above the law, which is wrong, because we're not. And so what James is saying here is this. Listen, you are either gossiping in secret, saying things about people, or you're coming up to them and you're confronting them in a way that is not very loving, Stop it, because when you do that, it's not very loving. And what you're really saying is that you're above the law. You don't have to obey the law. You can do whatever you want to do because you are the one who's in charge. And James says, no, no, that's, that's not right. Stop it. Stop it now. Part of the solution, but then he also gives, there's another reason why. Verse 12. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? The second reason, he says, not only does it go against the law of love, which you're supposed to be proclaiming as followers of Christ, but it suddenly makes you the judge. It makes you God. And the funny thing is, is that God does confront us. God does rebuke us. But when he does it, there is love that is behind it. But it seems to me... In your church, there is no love. And so now suddenly you have said, I am God. I know what is right. And I know what is best. And so I am going to tell you how it really is. And the funny thing is, some people take pride in the fact that they can speak bluntly to anyone, which is a good thing, but if there's no love, it is a bad thing. I don't want to give you the picture that God sits up in heaven and is always looking at our weaknesses and saying, oh my, oh my, please stop. 
I'm pretty sure there are times when God says, that's enough. Parents, have you ever said that? For a while, you can take that. The kid's not listening to you. They're not listening to you. You count to three once. You count to three twice. And after you do it ten times, that's it. The hammer comes down. I don't want to portray God as a weak God. But when he speaks to us, his goal is not to just destroy, but it is to save us. His speaking to us when he is pointing out something that is wrong. And mind you, his judgment is better because he sees all things is a call to him. It is a call based in love. So judging, as James is talking about here, is wrong. Because it's not done according to the law of love and it makes you out to be God and you really can't see everything. I would like to say the truth is some people should homeschool their children. Some should send their kids to Christian school. And some should send their kids to public school. If I said that in a homeschool thing, immediately everyone would have judged me because how can you do that? But the truth is, if we all stay at home, how in the world is the salt and the light of the world to actually get out there? So it's not wrong to send your kids to public school. And I feel a freedom to say that because we homeschooled, we sent them to Christian school, and the last two we're sending to public school. In each way, there is a season and a leading that God has. Imagine if Abraham came and said to his family, Hey, uh, I'm leaving. Where are you going? I don't know. God said, go this way. What would we do? We'd all be judging him. What family, man? puts his wife, his possessions at risk, and just goes. You're crazy for going to Iraq. But that's the leading. We can't judge that. That's God leading somebody. So we cannot place ourselves where we can say, I know because we don't know all of the circumstances of things that are going on in people's lives. So James here then says, listen, guys, do not... Slander one another. Stop. Now, let me throw a little bit of a twist here. Because even though the term judge keeps coming up, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty convinced that James is not saying do not judge, but he's saying do not be judgmental. Do not be judgmental. Here's why. Because if he says don't judge, we can make no judgments whatsoever. So I could be a false prophet and I can stand up here and say, I've been reading scripture and it seems to me quite clearly from scripture that God loves everyone. And so there really isn't a need for Jesus. There's just a need for us to believe and to be spiritual. You should make a judgment. It is wrong. It is not scriptural. It is not biblical. But if I just say that and say, oh, you know what? We can't judge him. That's what he thinks. Maybe those are the experiences that he has and the friends that he's had. So we'll just let it go. What happens? Chaos. So James is not saying do not judge. He's saying do not be judgmental because you don't understand everything about every situation that's going on. I find it interesting that in the midst of counseling, whether it's premarital or marital, even in the midst of my own relationship with my wife, we can see the same event and have two totally different perspectives. Now we can make a judgment, right? Hey, 
I'm wiser than you, I know. No, no, I'm wiser than you. That's not going to get us anywhere because we don't understand fully because what happens to one person in the midst of that event can be totally different for somebody else just because we're different. So James is saying, listen, guys, here's a problem in your midst. You have people who are talking down, talking about, talking sinfully about other people in your midst. And the language here, the verb tense is stop now. So let me give you what I think ultimately needs to happen. And the first thing is this. Number one, if you're the person who's talking down. So, and this could be each and every one of us in reality. If you're the person who is gossiping about other people, which of course we see as a minor sin, but I don't think it is because obviously if it's such a minor sin, why does he bring it up? It is a major thing because it is setting you up for pride. It's putting you above the law. It's not making you like you're loving and you're not loving God. So stop. If James were here today and you're gossiping or you're talking about someone or you're being judgmental, his simple command is stop. Stop it. It's not good. It's not right. Now, mind you, it's very difficult because a lot of people set themselves up to do that. Now, I don't know how much you pay attention to what are are happening in other churches and with other pastors, but sometimes when I hear what's going on and they're doing something wrong, I get very judgmental. And in a sense, and this is a bad thing, I sort of get a little happy because I think to myself, you know what? I'm not that bad. And there's somebody who's worse than me. And that misses the point because now I've become judgmental. No longer judging what they say, but becoming judgmental about what has happened in your life. Lifting myself up and saying, I'm not as bad as them. Thank God. I was reading the other day. uh, One pastor said, if people really knew who I was, they wouldn't want me to pastor them. Man, why did he have to speak what I'm thinking all the time? Really, seriously, because we, we really don't know. So how can we make these judgments? One time, I offended this lady. I called her a girl. And she went off on me. And, and I was like, well, aren't you a girl? That's what I wanted to say. Because she is. But I judged her. I said, wow, that is like way too pro-feminist for me. I just don't want to touch it. And I walked away. Here's the problem with my judging on that one. How do I know where she came from? And how do I know what that word actually means to her? It means nothing to me. Boys, girls, men, women. Same thing. What's the difference? But to her, it meant something. So for me to judge her is wrong. Stop it. James would say, that's it. Stop. You don't know. He's not saying don't make judgments, but don't be judgmental. And if you're not sure of what someone is doing or what they're thinking, go up to them and approach them and have a conversation. You don't have to come out with them and say, hey, you know what? I watched you and man, you are just so messed up. It's unbelievable. I can't believe you did that. Or to pull it off on the side and start talking about them. James would say, stop it now. One of the cool things that I like about Jim Simbola's church in their church covenant, one of the lines that they have is, I promise, I covenant, I will not talk about other members of my church. Has anyone here ever been a victim of gossip? Don't you love it? Don't you sit there and go, Paul, please give me more. I want to be like Jesus. Please give me more. Gossip about me more. Say more. No, we don't do that. 
were offended. I remember in high school, one friend was talking about me, and uh, he said some pretty nasty things. And I remember walking down the hall. It was a crowded hall. It was, it was a high school. And uh, he was walking, and I was waiting for this all day long because I know that we crossed by each other. And I just laid into him because I wanted to let him know how offended I was by the fact that he judged me. James says, stop it. Just don't do it. And if you're sitting there and someone starts to say, hey, wait a minute, time out. I don't want to hear that. You know, one of the things I don't like about being a pastor is when someone comes up to me and says, hey, have you talked to so-and-so lately? Man, they're having troubles. And let me tell you, and then they begin to tell you, which totally ruins the conversation because now when I talk to that person and they go, hey, uh, did so-and-so tell you to talk to me? I'm stuck because now I either have to lie. say, Oh, no, 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 they didn't talk to me about the Cubs. To let them think that I didn't know. It's very uncomfortable. It ruins my opportunity to actually hear what they have to say because now they're defensive. So if you are that person, stop it. And if you're hearing it, stop it. Because it really does say, I don't love you in a very loud and powerful way. So for the person talking down to them, stop it. And if possible, apologize. Now, and I say this, trying to think as clearly as possible because some groups say, you know what, if you've ever sinned against someone, go and apologize to them right away. I don't know if that's always the wisest thing to do. It's a good thing, but I don't know if it's always the wise because sometimes if you've ever had this experience, you come up to someone and say, hey, I just wanted to apologize because I said or did this and I just wanted to let you know. And they give you that look like, huh? Whoa, hold on a minute. What did you just do? So sometimes apologizing, which makes you hopefully feel good, like, now oh, I'm right between you and God, has just ruined a relationship because they had no idea. Now, should you apologize? Yes. But I would caution and be wise. So if you're that person who's gossiping, James would say, stop it now. And I would add, if possible, and most likely apologize, but not always. Here's a second thing that I would think that we should apply. How about the one who's judged? When we get judged, we get offended. I think that's natural. So if you came up to me afterwards today and you said, dude, that was horrible. I mean, that was confusing. I didn't understand what you're saying. Uh, I might get a little bit offended. It's, it's natural. But here's the question. There's two questions I think you should ask. When people are judging you, the first question you should ask is, is it right? Is what they're saying right? Mind you, their method, which was the fact that they talked behind your back, or that they talk to your face and they talk down to you, their method may be absolutely wrong. Their motive may even be wrong. They may actually be coming to you with a sense of pride. I am better than you, and I wanted to let you know that I'm better than you, and here's what's wrong with you. That may be wrong as well, but the question is, are they right? Is their message correct? Because even sometimes, God uses those who have the wrong methods and the wrong motives to give us the right message. So if you're hearing somebody say, hey, you know what? The way you dress is not really a good way to dress. The way you drive is not really a good way to drive. The way you talk to so-and-so is not really a good way that you talk to people. The way that you do this, from my perspective, doesn't seem to be right. And listen, are they right? And if they are, the solution is simple. Change. Now, mind you, it's not simple, simple. But it's simple enough to say, I'm not going to get defensive. I hear what you're saying. I believe God is in that. And I'm going to listen. I once read about a pastor who, one of his favorite people in his church was his greatest critic. 
And the reason he said is because they tell me the truth. Mind you, he didn't like the method, didn't like the motive, but he loved the message. Because sometimes, you know, when you're a pastor and the message is done or something that you've done and you're like, man, I just, I really want to hear what people have to say. You don't want someone to come up to you and say, oh, Oh, Pastor, that was a really good message. And you see it in their eyes. They're like, oh, I slept through that thing. But, oh, it was a good message. I don't want to hear that. One time, when I was giving a sermon, in the middle of the message, I said, when a woman gives herself to a man in marriage, there was a woman in there who was absolutely offended because what she thought I was saying was that when people get married, it's the woman giving herself to a man. That was not what I was saying. That's the way she received it. But you know what? I was glad she said it because now it makes me more careful, usually, in the words that I use when I'm in the pulpit. Did I appreciate the fact that the only thing she got out of the message was the fact that she thought I was anti-feminist? I did not. But she was right. Because there could have been many other women in that midst who took that offensively and listened to absolutely nothing. I would rather have you correct me rather than me rather than allowing me to continue to run my mouth off and offend people and not let them see Jesus. So the question then is, is what the person's saying right? If it is, accept it, and in the strength of God, change. The third thing, is it wrong or unfair? Is it wrong or unfair? Ask that question. Is it right? And is it wrong or unfair? What's your response? Well, if it's wrong and it's unfair, my suggestion is hit them back. Okay, good. I'm glad you looked up. At least you're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not hitting them back. It's do not retaliate. Do not retaliate. It is so easy when someone says something to become defensive and explain it and retaliate. I once had a friend. Every time I confronted him, you know what he did? He came right back with something that he had to confront me about. He never would have confronted me unless I said something, but as soon as I confronted him, he would say, oh yeah? Oh, hold on a minute. Let me tell you about what you did. Excuse me? That's not the proper response to someone who is correcting you, whether it is wrong or it is unfair. To strike back does what? Responds in judgmentalism. Because what you've done is now said, wait a minute, you have crossed the line, and now that you have crossed the line, let me take care of this, and I'm going to cross the line too, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, yada, yada, and I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, and let's have a knockdown, drag out fight, because that's really the purpose of all this, to see who can win in the end, which is a great way to destroy relationships, isn't it? When someone is judging you or is judgmental, Ask the question, is it wrong? Is it unfair? And even if it is, do not retaliate. But instead, respond in a loving manner. Explain to me, what do you mean? How does that work itself out? Where did you get that perspective from? And if the other person responds in a loving manner as well, what you get is people who are communicating to one another and understanding perspectives. I think to me, uh, I was at a retreat this weekend and I always get scared when I go to retreats uh, for churches that don't have a pastor. Because, you know, sometimes they invite these guys in and they go, okay, let's hear how he is over the weekend. Let's see if he's a good pastor. And let's see if we should ask him to join our church kind of thing. 
So uh, we got near the end of the retreat, and the guy pulls me aside, and I'm getting a little scared because I'm like, oh, God, please don't let him in. Please, please. Because to me, I love being at Harvest, and uh, two of the major reasons why I like being at Harvest is because of Dave and Jared. Because the... Com- yes, I know. It makes you want to cry, doesn't it? <laughs> or, and it makes you wonder why. <laughs> but because... We, and even in our board meetings, and, and this is say good things about Chris and, and Mike as well, we can argue... And disagree and even judge each other in the midst of our argument and disagreeing until we finally get to that place where we pull ourselves out of it and realize that we have different perspectives, but we're going towards the same place. So, yes, we can judge and be judgmental, but our goal ultimately is whatever we do, though you may not agree with it or not, is for the better or the best of this church. And trust me, we make mistakes. I guarantee sometimes when we do things, everybody's like, oh man, here we go again. Let's do Omega. Let's do Dig. Oh, not another one that those guys don't know what they're doing. No, with those things that we do, we do for the best. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that when a church gets together and the church loves each other in humility and they're seeking to do what God wants to do, you can have those conversations where you can judge someone else's attitude, their behavior, their words, or whatever. But if you're lovingly seeking to have relationship, you can actually work through those things and get to a place where James would say, it is good to see that you do not slander one another, but that you... Encourage one another and admonish one another because you love one another. I think ultimately, if we're going to look at the heart of what James is trying to say, what he's saying is not, I want to stop your behavior, stop talking about one another. But when church people spend time talking about one another, it affects the gospel. And I don't know if you've ever heard of some second-generation person who gets up there and says, man, I remember going to church, and on the ride home, my mom and dad talked bad about the pastor or the elders or the whatever, and it always made me wonder. I think the heartbeat of what James is saying is, listen, guys, understand that when you speak down to one another, whether it's face-to-face or in private through gossip, it is wrong. And what it does is an unloving filled with pride sort of manner, saying that I am better. The better solution is to talk to one another because you love one another and you love God and you want to see the gospel flourish. So what does James tell us? He says, stop. Stop your judgmentalism. Stop it now. Make no excuses. Even if the person has done wrong, just stop. And as we pull the rest of Scripture together, I think what Scripture is saying to us is this. If you're that person, just do it. And if you're on the wrong end of that judgmentalism, don't respond with retaliation. Don't respond by fleeing and saying, nobody loves me. But go to the person, talk with them, and seek to restore that relationship. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you know your people so much better than we do. We may see a person's actions or hear their words, but don't always know their heart. 
So what I ask, Father, is that for each and every one of us here today, in the midst of our judging or our judgmentalism, that you would help us understand that we are not you. We're grateful that you give us the opportunity to be discerning. You give us the opportunity to admonish our brothers and sisters in Christ. But your call for us is to restore those who are weak or burdened in a spirit of love and gentleness, not in one of pride. Father, for those of us who find it so hard to stop or so easy to continue, I pray that you would bring us to a place not only of confession that we've done wrong, but a place of conviction that we have lived in arrogance, that we have judged you, we have judged your law, we've become unloving. Instead, Father, we ask that you would give us your heart for your people, that even though they may walk in the air of their ways, your call upon us is to bring them back to you. May our judging be guided by love. May it not be judgmental. May we be discerning. And may we grow in grace. And Father, for those of us who have been hurt by gossip in the church, sometimes by leaders, sometimes even by the best of our friends, bring us to a place where we might not only be able to forgive, but to restore. Give us wisdom on how to approach those who have offended us, that not to cause more conflict, but instead to bring about unity. May your spirit really work in us in this area in our lives, where sometimes, Father, we focus on the sins, the great big sins, the adultery, the pornography, the drugs, the alcoholism, that everyone thinks are so draining and difficult, and yet we excuse these little things, which aren't really little in your eyes, like gossip and slander. Instead, Father, may we see it for what it is, unloving arrogance. Move us to change so that when people see us, when people see this church, they see love and discernment. People who are willing to hear what needs to be said. People who need to say what needs to be said. As well as people who receive that when it comes from you and when it doesn't to be able to respond in a way that would honor Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.